You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Monday, March the 30th, as we continue to trudge along through this tough time. And, um, you know, hopefully, again, as I've said many times here, try and provide a distraction here, uh, uh, something fun to think about during an otherwise pretty dark time around us right now. I hope everyone is staying safe, staying healthy, staying inside, all that. And, um, and again, everything we could do here to potentially take your minds off things is, uh, is the goal. So today, uh, I mentioned at the end of last week, we talked a little bit about the potential for Major League Baseball and the Players Association to come to an agreement on how and when and what will happen and all that about this season, the 2020 baseball season, assuming it can be played um, and that we would get to that this week, that they did finally come to an agreement. We'll dive into that whole agreement tomorrow. We'll finally do that X-Factor show, the Phillies X-Factor show that I've been talking about for a while and a whole lot more planned for later this week. We'll get back into some Phillies talk tomorrow, which will be a lot of fun. But for now, um, I know we talked about some of the aspects of this, but now that it's official, I thought it important to go over what Major League Baseball and the players have agreed to, how things could look, what the thoughts of that are, and all that, so... Let's dive in. I'm going to use um, uh, ESPN put an article about it out on, on Friday of last week. Um, we'll read right from the article and kind of go through the um, agreement. Um, the article says Major League Baseball and owners, the owners have approved a plan to address salary and service time issues amid the infinite delay to the start of the regular season. Um, the owners completed an agreement reached between MLB and the Players Union Thursday night, which came after nearly two weeks of morning to night negotiations that involved players, owners, agents, executives, unions, officials, and the commissioner's office staff. As part of the agreement, this is the important stuff that we'll be diving into. The players and MLB primarily agreed that the season will not start until each of the following conditions are met. That there are no bans on mass gatherings that would limit, that would limit ability to play in front of fans. However, the commissioner could still consider the use of an appropriate substitute neutral sites where economically feasible also where there are no travel restrictions throughout United States and Canada, and medical experts determined there'd be no health risk for players, staff, or fans with the commissioners and unions still able to revisit the idea of playing in empty stadiums. That last part is important because I think that Major League Baseball is very likely going to play in front of no fans. I know that that was part of the agreement, but as, as it said in the last part of that, that you know everyone's conceded that, hey, if we could play but we can't play in front of fans, we're probably still going to do that. I think that's the most likely outcome here. Uh, we'll get to more of the specifics in a little bit, but just on that playing in front of no fans thing, I, I've heard a lot of people who have had issues with it, have gone back and forth. Is it really baseball if there are no fans? Um, I'm of the opinion that whatever it takes to get us baseball as quickly as possible, I'm all for. Would it be strange to watch games with no fans? Sure, but to be fair, and let's be fair about this, as you always know, I'm someone who watches a lot of baseball. I watch a ton of the package. I'm watching, you know, Tigers games, White Sox games, a lot of teams that, to be fair, during the regular season, as the season grinds on, don't have a lot of fans in the stands. I've seen many foul balls hit into 
wide open swaths of empty seats and all that. I don't think it would be that strange. I think we'd get used to it pretty quickly. The sounds of the game would still be there. The crack of the bat, you know, the just general kind of sound of baseball would still be there. The ball hitting the glove, all that type of stuff. Um, I understand the argument of people saying, well, you know, sports is about the communal experience. It's about being able to go to a game, all that. And and look, I understand. I would much rather there be fans in the in the seats than not, if it were, you know, my choice. But but the way this seems to be playing out, I just think it's unlikely that by the time baseball is going to be ready to play, that we're going to be at a spot in America where we can have thirty thousand people in a stadium together. I mean, that just seems unlikely. And then on top of that, that's not even thinking about that there are a lot of people who probably won't want to go to games for a while. I know there will be a large portion of people who say, all right, back to normal, let's do this. But I think there's also going to be a lot of people, even when, if and when, whenever that happens, that fans are allowed in the stadiums, that people are going to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not ready for that yet. That's still a little too much right now. I'm, I'm, I want to make sure that, that everything is, is back to normal for real before we take those types of risks. So I think it's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out. Again, if I had to guess right now and – We'll get into some of the specifics. It looks like the potential to start in June or July has been things have been discussed. We talked last week about the potential to start with the All-Star game in July. Who knows how long this takes for even games without fans to be approved, so to speak. Um, but I think it is is likely that we will have games without fans. I think it just is the most rational, likely outcome here that maybe even the first few months of the season are played without fans. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if... Look, we've talked about the potential for no season at all, and that's something that's addressed in this disagreement. Um, I just find it highly unlikely that at any point in the next few months that, that we're going to be back to a spot where it's like, hey, go put a bunch of people in a stadium together. Um, and again, I'm okay with it. It's not ideal. I think we would all agree that fans in the stadium is better than no fans in the stadium. That's the whole point of sports. You play in front of people. You play in front of your fans, home field advantage, all these different types of things, but... I just think, you know, we are in a unique situation, as you all know, as we all know, the, the most unique situation of our lifetimes. And I think with that reality staring us in the face, I think the idea of being able to come home after work, you know, and for a lot of people who are working from home, you know, to, to work at home or whatever, but to be able to turn on our TV at 7 o'clock at night and watch baseball is a, a meaningful thing. And I think it means more than trying to wait it out till fans can come back. I, look, I understand that Owners will lose money, you know, having no play, no fans in the stadium. 30% of the Major League Baseball's revenue comes from gate receipts. It comes from people going to games, paying for parking, paying for this, paying for that. Like, it's a huge part of baseball. It's a huge part of the, the economics of baseball. But, again, I'd rather see baseball on my TV. And, again, I don't want anyone put at risk for it. So, so and, I, and they won't. You know, I, I think that that's really the key. That's why, you know, we're not talking about starting in May or whatever, you know, even – um, I'm sure some people float that. I just think that's incredibly unlikely. Um, but I, I think that as soon as teams can find a way to have games happen, whether there are fans in the stands or not, I think that they should have those games happen. And I think that's probably what they will do because ultimately, you know, back to the economics thing, they're going to want the TV money, right? I mean, you get no money otherwise. So, um I think that I'm okay with them playing without fans. I think that's ultimately where we're headed. And I would be shocked if at least a portion of the season, and, and maybe the whole thing, who knows, but certainly a portion of the season is played without fans. Back to the article from ESPN. Um, uh, continuing, he says, While there was no formal framework in the agreement, owners and players both want to play as many games as possible. 
The flexibles of, uh, flexibility of both sides was seen in the willingness to extend the regular season in October, play neutral site playoff games in November, and add double headers to the schedule. Players want to play, Tony Clark, the MLBPA executive director, said on Friday. That's what we do, being able to get back on the field and being able to play, even if it means their fans are watching at home. Being able to play for their fans is something they've all expressed a desire and interest to do and want to do so as soon as possible. He said the players are very open, quote-unquote, to games being held in empty stadiums and at neutral sites. So, again, to that point, I think that, that that's basically everyone on both sides acknowledging that we're probably going to play games in front of empty stadiums. The whole neutral site thing doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I mean, you know, I, I think neutral sites are fine. Like, if, if it's neutral sites in front of empty fans, sure. I guess that makes sense just because, you know, maybe you're it's easier to, to house players there or this or that or whatever. You're in spots where the outbreaks aren't as bad. But I don't think the neutral sites so they can have fans in the stadium makes a lot of sense because I don't know why it would be okay to have fans in the stadium in Arizona but not in in Pennsylvania or whatever. I get that the outbreaks are stronger in certain places, but I, I just feel like it's a, a risking disaster one way or the other. So my guess is is no fans in the stadiums one way or the other, and, and it seems like the players and everyone's acknowledging that. They're really putting that out there, and I think that that's, um, that's fair, and I think that makes a lot of sense, and even Tony Clark has acknowledged it. Um, this is some important stuff here, too. We talked a little bit about this last week, but not really in depth. Uh, article goes on to say, players push to receive a full year of service time, which counts, day, which counts days towards free agency, arbitration, and pension, even in the event of canceled season. When MLB agreed to, the, to grant that, the path to a deal coming together was forged. Now, this is important with that. The union agreed not to sue the league for full salaries in the event the 2020 season never takes place, and the MLB will advance players $170 million over the next two months, sources said. The MLPA will divvy up the lump sum among the four classes of players, with the majority of it going to the guaranteed major league contracts. If games are played, the advance will count against the final salaries, which will be prorated. So basically what, what I read that as is there was a little tip for tat. Players said, we want this year to count as a year of service time, even if we don't play a season. So that would mean that if you're supposed to be a free agent at the end of the 2020 season, you'll still be a free agent even if games aren't played. Not great for the Phillies because that means JT Romito would be a free agent immediately. And the Phillies would not even get the season to try to negotiate, which is, that's a whole other issue. I'm sure we'll dive more into that. But just the fact that the contract extension wasn't agreed upon, and of course the Phillies couldn't see this coming, but um, is, is turning out to be a disaster because you traded Sixto Sanchez a little over a year ago for JT Romito, and now it looks like Romito's going to hit the market. And that's, uh, you know, the Phillies could still get him back, obviously. It doesn't mean they can't get him, but I think they really handled this Romito situation poorly. We'll do more on that in the coming days and weeks. But um, so I, I, and I think that when, when the players said we want it to be a full year of service time, a year for arbitration. So people are closer to being a free agent, like for it to count, even if we don't play baseball said, that's fine, but then we're not going to pay you for that year. And that was agreed upon like this 170 million in salary that is mentioned is that's for all players in baseball. I I think I read that it's three to 4% of all salary in baseball. Um, so basically, the year of service time, more important to players than getting played if the season doesn't happen. I also think that this is a sign that, that they believe they will play a season. You know, I think that players are probably not wanting to give up 96% of the total salary in Major League Baseball 
And I think owners obviously didn't want to give up a year of service time, so I think it's a fair exchange. I think both likely believe that a season will be played, and thus that's where it came down to. But this is big stuff. This is important. I mean, we were talking about how messy it gets, how sticky it gets, the idea of did this year count for, for service time. I mean, that's a big deal. Mookie Betts could theoretically never play a game as a Dodger. Think about that. They went and made this trade for him in the offseason. He's a free agent at the end of the year. They don't play a season. He's a free agent. That would be crazy. That would be, that would be wild. I mean, Boston got murdered for the trade, and then all of a sudden it's like, wow, not, not as bad a trade as we thought. Who could have seen that coming? Nobody. But I do think that's important stuff, and I think that if they had not kind of had that little tit for tat, I don't think this deal ever gets agreed upon. I think that for players to get that year of service time, the only thing the owners were okay with is saying, all right, well, we're not paying you for that year then. That's the only fair thing, and I, and I think that that's a, it's a big give, so to speak, on both sides, and I think that matters, and I think it's a interesting way to have played out. And, again, it creates a lot of interesting scenarios. Again, you know, for the Phillies, it's not great because J.J. Romeo is a free agent at the end of the year. I mean, even it also costs you Bryce Harper's age 27 season, which is not something you want either. Um, but on the flip side, you know, it, it allows players to, to not get paid. It's a big deal. It's a big deal on both ends. And then for arbitration, all that, and it still doesn't help with in terms of how we're going to judge this season if they do play a shortened season for arbitration, all that. That's a whole nother issue. But in terms of, um, in terms of getting that extra year for it counting, I mean, that's a big deal. And it's a big deal for whether they play any games, 60, 90 games, 80 games, 100 games, whatever. It matters. So I thought that was a uh, important thing to come out of it, and something that um, you know, that I think they had to figure out. All right, the the story goes on. Commissioner Rob Manfred has the discretion to shorten the 2020 draft to as few as five rounds, and it will be moved from June to sometime in July. We talked about that, the importance of that. I mean, the draft itself, it's so much harder for this draft than for the NBA or or NFL because. The NBA, you know, college basketball played the majority of their season. They didn't have the tournament, but those guys got to play college basketball games. You can see them now tougher because of the combine and all that stuff. You don't get to do that right now. Um, Major League Base or for NFL, you know, they played their full season. They already had the combine. They're going to have the draft. It's easier to get that done, whereas a lot of these baseball guys, it's tough. If you're drafting a senior in high school, you know, you don't get to see him play a senior year. And that's tough. You're going to draft him off his junior year? You might not even be scouting kids at that time. And if you were, it's, 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 much more rudimentary, you know? And same thing with college kids, you know? It's, you're missing that whole year that is the, the year that ultimately is the one that is most, the one that they base most of their decision-making on. That doesn't even happen. It is such a cluster in that sense, and it makes it a lot harder. You know, no scouts on the road. You understand why they have to do it this way. And again, even a draft in July, I don't know what that does. It doesn't, I mean, that's what they should do, but it just pushes it back a little bit. But they're still not going to be able to see these kids play. They're not going to see, I mean, it's massive. It's a really massive deal. I think this is, you could argue, in the history of the MLB draft, going to be the, the most up-in-the-air draft they've ever had because a lot of these kids didn't play their most important season and scouts didn't get to see them play. It also extends to international signing. Uh, article goes on, Manfred can also delay the 2020 international signing period, which was supposed to run from July 2nd, 2020 through June 15th, 2021, to at the latest January 1st, 2021 through December 15th, 2021. And MLB also has the right to shorten the 2021 draft to as few as 20 rounds and will push back the next international signing period as well, though international free agency might well be gone by then as league plans pursue an international draft, international draft at the conclusion of the current collective bargaining agreement, which runs out in 2021. The fact that collective bargaining agreement runs out at the end of next year is another massive thing just hanging on everything. 
um, is that something that's going to have to be addressed, obviously. But um, that's another big factor. You know, again, it's just in terms of draft and develop. That's how teams get great. That's what the great teams do. This is as tough a year as you've ever had to do it. You don't have international scouts out there watching these guys play. They're not playing in a lot of cases. You don't have scouts who are able to watch kids play college games, play high school games. It's a massive, massive thing. Uh, you're almost going in blind in a lot of ways into these drafts, or much more blind than you normally would be. Um, and then the shortness of the drafts, too. I mean, we're talking shortening down to five rounds and to 20 rounds. I mean, that's a much smaller crop of players coming in. You feel bad for the kids who are supposed to be part of those drafts. And then for these organizations, it just makes it so much tougher. It is so much tougher. So um, I really think it makes a, it's a massive thing. It's going to make a difference. Um, the article goes on, sources said players drafted in 2020 will only get 100000 of their bonus this year, which is a tough spot for those kids. Um, the remaining amount will be split into payments in July and July 2021 July 2022. Also, teams will be unable to trade, still be unable to trade draft pick or international slot money. That's a big deal because that has been traded a lot. Um, and the agreement also calls for a transaction freeze, barring teams from signing free agents, trading players, making roster moves, which makes sense. You know, right now, no one can do anything is the idea. Um, with arbitration, uh, quote-unquote, there will be a rejiggered setting for arbitration, the system that awards players with three, four, or five years of service time with higher salaries. While arbitration is a numbers and precedence-based system, this is what I was talking about before, typically, the sides will change that to acknowledge a shorter schedule. That was something I mentioned before. That's going to be an issue. They're going to have to figure out a way to adjust that because arbitration is strictly based on numbers and on history. Um, so that's going to be something they're going to have to figure out. Um, some more in the article, players punished with a drug suspension will serve it in 2020, even if there's no season. So that's good for those guys. If there's no season, they get a bit of a break. Um, and the article finishes out, while both sides believe they made concessions, they settled on an obvious point. No sports league wants to be seen as bickering about billions of dollars amid an, inter amid an international health and financial crisis. Yes. Agree. In addition to the agreed-upon financial particulars, the parties engage in significant discussions about the most vital issue now and in the future, how to proceed amid the outbreak of COVID-19 cases. Right now, no door is closed, Clark said, uh, Tony Clark, and they resolved a number of issues that were the direct cause of the pandemic. We remain optimistic as we can, as optimistic as we can, that we'll be able to play as many games as possible. So um, really fascinating stuff in there. Um, and more so, too, we didn't mention this last week because it hadn't come out yet, but Scott Boris actually at the forefront of trying to help plan this as well talked about the potential to play a longer season at going into November and December with games at neutral sites and potentially the World Series at a neutral site in December. I don't know how people would feel about that. Apparently, Boris has always believed that the World Series should be played in a spot that makes it more conducive to planning ahead. If you know the World Series is going to be Miami this year, then people can travel there. You can make it a big type of thing like the Super Bowl is his idea, and I, I get that. I, I I don't love that idea. I would be fine for this year. I, look, on a basic level, I'm fine with whatever they want to do this year to get me as many baseball games as possible in the safest way possible. I'm really whatever. If you got to play at a neutral site in the World Series in December so I can get 100-plus game, 140 games in, in a World Series, cool. Give me my baseball. I really feel that way. Like, again, I, I think we all need baseball, but I think on an annual basis, this is something that Boris thinks is a good idea. I, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. There's nothing like a World Series game in a home crowd and what that means and the feel and, and the fans adding to that. I think all that matters. Um, again, you know, it's, it's to the point where 
while I would not love the idea of playing games in front of empty stadiums, that's where we're at, and that's something we have to accept, and I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I just think whatever they need to do to figure it out and play as much baseball as possible is the, the plan that I support. But again, you have to do it safely, and you have to do it within the confines and the guidelines of, of what we're, the world we're living in right now, which is a very different world than the one we were living in a month ago or two months ago or whatever, you know? So um, I think that it's, it's the, these leagues have a lot of hurdles. You know, there's a lot of logistics you don't think about. You know, when you're talking about just bringing it back, I mean, like, for example, with the NBA and uh, NHL, I mean, arenas, what are those arenas being used for for things in summer when when you could do things again? Are you going to have to play games in a stadium where there's supposed to be a concert? There's that. And then again, that's assuming people can even come into the place. And then again, just the idea of playing in empty stadiums and testing the players and testing the camera people, testing the announcers, like all that stuff, like. There's just a lot that goes into it, you know, and, and for baseball, um, you know, how about travel, teams traveling from one place to another, hotels they have to stay at. I mean, there's so many different logistical things that go into these decisions that is just out of the realm of things that we've thought about. And, um, you know, for baseball, I mean, it's the idea of extending a season into, you know, December is is a major logistical challenge finding neutral site places to play at finding warm weather places to play at. I mean, there's so much that goes into that, that it's, you know, it's not something to just take lightly is my point. Ultimately on a basic level for me, the way I look at it, and I'm sure people look at things differently is first and foremost, safety period. End of story, you know, whatever we have to do to keep the most people safe, the keep this virus from spreading. All that is, is my number one priority. Second priority Give me baseball, you know, and, and however you have to do it, I, I accept it. I, again, I'm not loving the idea of games and no fans in the stadium. I'm not loving the idea of neutral site games being played in front of no fans or even in front of fans. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of any of this. Like, it's not like what I would choose in a, in a perfect world. But we're not in a perfect world. We're in a, a very flawed world at the moment. And for me, and I think for most baseball fans, the number one priority would be Give us baseball. And look, I think there could be a really fun thing with a shortened season. If they're playing 90 games, the sprint to the finish, I mean, that's a super fun idea too. I, I get, I can see the fun in that. I can see the excitement and, and a team gets out to a hot start and then all of a sudden it's like, wow, they could go to the playoffs. Like actually, the Pittsburgh Pirates could actually go to the playoffs this year. Like that kind of thing. I mean, I get it. I think that could be fun too. But for me, on a basic level, again, it is all about finding a way to get us games as quickly as possible while also maintaining the health and safety of players and fans. That's it. It's a very simple equation for me. The problem is it's not a very simple equation in reality. You know, there's so many logistical issues to this that just make it a real, a real tough thing to answer, a real tough way to figure out how to go forward. I don't envy these leagues and what they're going through right now and trying to figure out how to get back. And and again, like we always talk about on a basic level, they are a business. They're all businesses. So they have to figure out the logistics of everything, how to get back to doing what they do while also figuring out how to make money and all that. So I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I think that, again, it has to be safety first, no matter what, of the players, of everyone involved in the game, of the fans. That has to be the first priority. And I think right now it is. It seems that it is. Um, but after that, I, I think that, you know, you find a way to, to play games as safely as you can when you can play them. And I, I think, you know, it's as simple as that in a not simple way. It is simple, you know, so, um, that's where I'm at. I would love to hear what you think. Hit me up on Twitter at James Seltzer. And again, we'll continue to track this as we go, as we get more information right now. Um, I think there's no chance it's before 
June. Um, I would guess maybe mid-May in a best-case scenario if, you know, come the end of April, everything's really great and they can get players back to practicing and and then games, you know, in front of no fans for sure. Um, maybe mid-May, June at the best. I think it's more likely it's July. I don't know. We'll see how this tracks. Things change. Things have been changing so quickly, as we know. But either way, I think on a basic level, it's safety, then games. And however you need to do that, I, I support it. So um, we'll continue to track all this stuff as more information comes out. And, and continue to have fun as tomorrow we'll talk some Phillies X-Factors. Who are the X-Factors for the team this season and why? And uh, some more fun stuff planned the rest of this week. We'll continue to do some outside-the-box stuff, some Major League Baseball stuff in general, and some historical stuff, just whatever we can do to have a little fun to talk about the sport we love and hopefully provide some entertainment and a distraction in a time when it is most needed. So until tomorrow, again, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.